Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. We all enjoy holding that brand new, freshly printed book. Whether we're at the store or a library, there's nothing quite like the scent of paper, ink, and binding glue. But what if every time you went to get a book, you found yourself stuck in your own paranormal horror story? Enjoy tonight's talk on haunted literature, but beware. The episode is due back in one hour. Now Paratruth presents Tomes of Terror with special guest Mark Leslie. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, tonight we got an awesome episode here for you. Uh, it's uh, going to be a another ghost-themed episode for you. Uh, we've got uh, Mark Leslie, author of Tomes of Terror, Haunted Bookstores and Libraries, and um, it's going to be a good one. Uh, so how's your week been so far? It's been pretty good. I uh, just got all of the music back, or most of it, for the film, and it's pretty sweet. So I'm going to be uh, messing with that tomorrow, uh, well, in the next couple of days here, I should say. Um, man, it's getting close, getting close yeah. to the end of this movie. I'm so excited to be done with it. Mind <laughs> the next project at this point. Uh, <laughs> That's how I felt about getting the book done, too. So, <laughs> But... Uh, I have to wait a while for publishers to get back to me, so yeah. <laughs> you can at least get it into the uh, yeah. circuit and get going. <laughs> so, all right, folks. Uh, it's true. It is true. <laughs> as I said, uh, we do have a guest on tonight, uh, Mark Leslie. So, without further ado, we're going to go to the line with Mark Leslie. Mark, welcome to Paratruth Radio. How are you tonight? I'm doing awesome. Uh, how are you doing? Very good, very good. Uh, we've been uh, looking forward to this. Uh, we've had a lot of people asking us about uh, getting more ghosts on for us to uh, talk about. So I, I thought, what better way to do that than get you on for your book, Tomes of Terror. So um, for everybody who hasn't heard of you, heard of the book, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. So for the video, I'm just going to prop up the book because you got to have product placement. The Tomes of Terror uh, is uh, subtitle is Haunted Bookstores and Libraries. And I started doing uh, paranormal books, and, and I apparently was fond of alliteration because I did Haunted Hamilton, then Spooky Sudbury, 
And I, I, when I was doing the bookstore one, I had to find some alliteration in the title. Uh, and that just seems to be part of the, the trademark uh, for me. But, but the thing that was most exciting to me about this is I've always been fascinated by stories of the paranormal and okay. ghosts. And I've always been afraid of the dark. And I've always been a very, very passionate lover of books. So to be able to put together a book that combined two of my greatest passions was kind of like a, a very bucket list activity for me. It's a book I have long wanted to write, um, but I wasn't able to do it till I got to that point in my career as a writer where right. it was actually, okay, now it's time. The, the things, the, the movements are right for this book to come into, uh, into being. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, how long has this book, uh, I mean, I know it's been an, a long, uh, an idea for you for a long time, so what you've wanted to do, but had you already started the research early on in your career to prepare for this book, or is that something you kind of waited for the right time to start doing? Uh, I'm always eager to listen to stories. I mean, you know, since I was a child sitting around a campfire at Cub Scouts, you know, sharing ghost stories. And so I was, I've always filed stories <laughs> away in the back of my mind. Having been a bookseller for 25 years, um, there were a few stories people had shared with me so that when it was time to uh, write the book, I went back and contacted them and said, Hey, remember that ghost story you told me? Can you tell me some more? I want to put it in a book. <laughs> uh, which, you know, like people sometimes get frightened, you know, when the writer's like, oh, oh, no, 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 you can't put that in a book. I was just sharing this with you. But everyone was uh, pretty gracious about it. Um, I actually did, um, most of the book was written within probably a four-month period. The research and the writing was pretty much done in a relatively truncated timeline. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh Doing the the paranormal books and and uh, just getting into the paranormal um, and doing those the research and all that. Um, have you gone to a lot of these places that you you put in the book? Or uh, that's the big challenge. I like to. Uh, so for you know for haunted Hamilton because I live in Hamilton, I was able to go to most of the places personally because Tomes of Terror is an international book. Um, I was only able to go to maybe a dozen of the places. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough through my travels that um, a lot of the research that I do is talking to, to first-person people, uh, research from books and newspaper articles and, um, you know, whatever resource I can get my hands on. But it was really funny because after Tomes of Terror was published, was the first time I actually was in uh, St. Pete's, Florida, to check out Haslam's, where which has the ghost of Jack Kerouac. So it was really interesting to get to the bookstore after having written the chapter. And then, of course, when I got to the bookstore, um, one of the staff says to me, oh, yeah, I just saw Jack two weeks ago. Let me tell you about it. I was like, oh, man, I could have used that in the book, too. <laughs> so it was kind of like, well, I guess if I do a revised edition, I can, you know, you know I can share that right, story. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, when you were visiting these places, did you end up having any uh, experiences of your own that you, or at least, were really hoping to have experiences of your own? Um, it's, it's sort of a it's a it's a mixed blessing because I I think uh, I, it'd be interesting and fun to have it, but I I kid you not, <laughs> I am the world's biggest chicken. 
So if something were to happen, <laughs> I would probably have a heart attack and faint dead away right in the spot, or I would jump out of my skin. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I get, I often get the sense of, you know, you know the stories, you're in the place, and you go, oh yeah, that's you get that creepy, chilly feeling, uh, you know, up your spine. Um, but yeah. I get that all the time anyways. I mean, I'm in a hotel, you know, in, in a beautiful old hotel in London. And of course I'm like, oh, I wonder what's, I wonder what's wandering around in here that I can't see. <laughs> Cause I'm alone and I'm scared. That's just how it works. <laughs> I think doing the research into the paranormal, you have to be scared because otherwise you don't know what you're going up against. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and that is uh, a lot of people ask is like, well, you're such a big chicken. Why do you write this? <laughs> and I've always been drawn to the shadows, the dark corners. I've always been shown, uh, drawn to the. Um, uh, the, the the unknown and the unexplained. I've always been intrigued and fascinated by it. So it was, you know, maybe it's therapy to help me with my 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 fears, which I apparently have lots of them. <laughs> but uh, but it's fun. And I say, well, why do you go on a roller coaster if you're afraid of heights? You know, there's there's a thrill and a, and a joy in experiencing that adrenaline rush that you get uh, from mm-hmm. those experiences. Also, facing your fears. Yeah. Uh, facing the fears, although I'm, I'm again, I'm you know I'm, I'm the big chicken, so I, I sort of face them and then kind of hide behind. Uh, hide behind. <laughs> I, I feel your pain. I'm a big chicken too, especially when it comes to being in the dark by myself. I can't do it. <laughs> um, so going through the book, uh, I had, I found a couple of stories that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, but I wanted to ask you first: Were there any ones that stick out in your mind that you liked writing about? You know what? It's it's really funny because um, going back, you know, I'm looking back two books ago because mm-hmm. I'm already working on the next one, and right. um, I go back. And go, oh yeah, I remember this. This was fun. I actually really did enjoy Haslam's uh, bookstore, um, The Ghost of Jack Kerouac. I just as a bookseller, the the concept because as the bookseller, you deal with authors come into the store and rearrange, you know, they move their books around and try and put them in eye level mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Right. And, and, and to hear that the ghost of Jack Kerouac continued to do that after his death, there's just, it's, it's a funny story. And you're like, and you, as a bookseller, you just shake your head and go, yeah, even after, even after they're dead, they, they don't stop, uh, <laughs> doing those things. Um, I think one of the ones that stands out in my mind as, as a serendipity at its finest was when I was in Lincoln City, Oregon. Uh, I was there for uh, Dean Wesley Smith and Christine Catherine Rush that run the professional uh, Fiction River Writers Workshops. And in the in the social evening where we're all gathered together and just talking as writers, um, one of the editors, uh, Carrie Lynn Hughes, says, oh, yeah, you, you work on paranormal books, don't you? You know, I just, just released something. And she goes, so what are you working on now? And I went, oh, I'm working on a book called Tomes of Terror. It's um, haunted bookstores and libraries. And she goes, oh, my God. And she pulls out her phone and she texts someone. And it's the manager of Bob's Beach Books in Lincoln City, which is a small town of 6,000 people. She goes, oh, my God, I just told Diana, you know, she's going to see you. We set up an appointment for the next day. And so during the lunch break, I zipped off down to Bob's Beach Books. And I went in, 
and I met with Diana and, and a beautiful little bookstore. And, and she told me the story there. So, you know, I pulled up my recorder and I recorded the, the conversation. And it was just this amazing moment where I had no idea or no intention that there was going to be a chapter about that bookstore. But I happened to be somewhere where it mm-hmm. happened. And, and I think something like that is just so fun when you can, um, I guess, be in the right place at the right time. And, and, and so that one I, I, I remember, uh, in, in many ways because it wasn't, you know, I hadn't prepared for it. I hadn't done any research. I just show up, learn about the place, talk to the manager. She tells me a story. I think it's awesome. Uh, it's not even a ghost story. It, it was more of a eerie occurrence. I mean, was, was it a ghost? Did these people actually disappear? Um, so that was one that was fun. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many of them. I, I mean, I'd probably end up walking my way through the whole book if I, if I didn't uh, stop. <laughs> what were one of the ones that you had said that well, you had? I, I know. Read, like, oh, uh, the one that I had uh, come across that I found really interesting was the Blue Man uh, Arundel Castle because of there being four separate ghosts. One of them being a uh, woman in white and then the, yeah. and the blue man himself. And, uh, just the fact that he, it seemed like he was, it was a, uh, um, a residual haunting because he was constantly always just going back to the books and per- perusing through the books. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that went back to the 1600s or something. Right. Like that, right? Yeah. 1693. Yeah. I think it, you said it in the book. Yeah. So, wow. So and yeah, and it wasn't the blue man group. It was a, a different sort of blue man that uh, yeah. And he's looking yeah, right. for he's looking through the books. Uh, he's looking uh, for some elusive passage. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, uh, I mean, I you know I couldn't get that was in England and and I, and I couldn't get to the locations. Right. To, that would be a fun tour. Is is maybe maybe a retirement tour is where he's like, how many of these locations can I actually right. yeah. visit now? <laughs> so, <laughs> Now, did you notice throughout your research, depending on the age of the bookstore or the library, uh, whether there, there was more uh, uh, witnesses for different accounts, more paranormal activity for an older store than there would be for a newer store, or they all kind of seem similar to some extent? Uh, I think uh, in a lot of cases, and, and this is uh, this is one of the, the the sad things about this book is there were a number of bookstores I wrote about that were no longer open, uh, and, oh, and, and okay. there was a time in my research when I went, "Am I going to find any bookstores that are still open that are haunted, <laughs> or have they all closed?" Because you know, retail things change over time. I, I think the most interesting right. thing is that in a lot of cases. The building wasn't originally a bookstore. The building was someone's house. The building was um, uh, something other than a retail uh, environment. Um, but definitely, the older uh, a building is, the more likely that something has happened in the past. I mean, people have different mm-hmm. theories of what ghosts are. Are they the spirits of the departed? Who have uh, yet to do business? Uh, they're not complete, complete with their the business of their life, so they're bound to the earth until either forever performing the ritual, forever stuck in in, in, a, in a loop. Are they um, are they potentially images uh, um, like a, on film? That something so traumatic and dramatic happened in time and space that. Um, 
the spirit's no longer there. This is just something that happened that left an impression in time and space there. And other people who are very sensitive to seeing, uh, you know, uh, extrasensory can actually see those visions. So um, I think the longer... The, the, the longer a history of a place, the more people who have been there, the more lives and spirits that have actually been in that space, the more likely they are to have left something uh, behind. Um, so, I mean, I always find that fascinating mm-hmm. depending on what people believe. Um, uh, there's different, I guess, different theories that you could you could sort of follow up on. Right. All right, right. folks. Um, we are talking to Mark Leslie, author of Tomes of Terror. We are going to go to our first break, and you are going to hear Eric's random fact of the day, and we will be right back. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Did you know that everyone thought Abraham Lincoln was ugly? <laughs> Including himself. According to Factslides.com, once, when he was accused of being two-faced, he replied, If I had two faces, would I be wearing this one? History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been talking to uh, Mark Leslie, author of Tomes of Terror, Haunted Bookstores and Libraries. If you guys are watching the YouTube, you can see the book right there for you. Um, now, Mark, one thing we were talking about uh, just before we went to break there is the different theories that there are of what ghosts are um, or the different type of hauntings. Uh you know, me and Eric have been doing this a long time, um, and as we've gone along, uh, our our views have changed a little bit. Uh, Eric's ha- has changed quite more so than my own. Um, but uh, in your opinion, what do you think each 
each uh, haunting is, like, did you come across some that were similar that you could say this is an intelligent haunting over a residual or... Yeah, I think uh, in this particular book, there were so many stories of people who were so dedicated, uh, passionate librarians who were so dedicated to their life, uh, you know, their life passion of being a librarian that they never left, that they stayed behind. And, it, and it's not an eerie thing. It's not a frightening thing. It's it's a, it, In many ways, it's a touching thing, that they were so... Uh, committed, they were so in love with the things they were doing, the people they were working with, that they couldn't leave. Uh, and, and I mean, some of the some of the stories are, and you know, when when forced into retirement, you know, she died quite quickly. The, the same way that you know, uh, lifelong spouses, where you know they've been together for sixty years, and then uh, one of them dies, and then the other one dies very shortly after, because right. it's like I can't live without mm-hmm. you is the underlying sentiment which i think is just beautiful but i think there's a lot of beautiful and touching ghost stories that they're not necessarily eerie or or frightening at all so um i think i think we uh one of one i think we as humans have a real connection with one another that we can have a real connection with place and i think that can really tie us to a person or tie us to a place uh, in a very passionate and, and, and powerful way. Not necessarily a traumatic, you know, horrible, you know, nasty uh, situation, but in, in many ways touching. Uh, and, and I was delighted to discover in, 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 in several of the, the books that I've put together that there's always some sort of beautiful, touching tale of someone, you know, somebody connecting with a lost loved one or... Uh, or whatever the case may be. And, and, and it also gives us hope. Uh, it really mm-hmm. does when you think about it. So it wasn't any of the, like the librarian from, uh, Ghostbusters. N- none of those <laughs> happened, right? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing ultimately that scary. Right? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, there's, there's the, 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 the one ghost who's actually the, the staff felt so connected to her that, she actually has, I think, is the only ghost that I was able to find that has her own library card uh, <laughs> as well. So there's 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 fun stories like that where, you know, it's kind of, I guess, it, one way that people react to uh, the paranormal or to ghosts is is through humor. Mm. Uh, you know, there's the nervous tittering, the nervous laughter, and, and you just kind of roll with it and say, well, I guess we should get her her own library cards, and she's never leaving. She's obviously a patron. <laughs> so there, I think... Um, that's one of the things that I think people are, are often most surprised about when they, when they come to a volume like this. They maybe expect it to all be scary campfire tales. Right. Uh, and, and, and they're, some mm-hmm. of them are scary and frightening and eerie. Walking into the Mary Reed Library and, and in the complete darkness, you see a ghost sitting there. I mean, come on, it's not, not good for your eyes to read in the dark. It's just sitting there reading, uh, in, in the library. And I just think, wow, that would be kind of eerie. You go in, you turn on the light, and there she is. She's been sitting there the whole time reading in the dark. And you're like, okay, didn't your mom ever tell you? It's just not good for your eyes. You can't put a top twist in the afterlife, you know. I don't think <laughs> well, now, you said you had done research, uh, Across the board, as in across the world, on uh, different uh, the libraries and the stores. So, depending on where it was located, it, did that tend to change the type of haunting or how much activity 
uh, seem to appear or happen at that particular location? Um, I think I think with with England and Europe, right? You have the the, the hundreds of years of history rather than hundred mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever that we have in North America. <laughs> so you, you have that, and the tales go back a lot farther. So in many okay. cases, there's more stories because mm-hmm. they've accumulated over time, as opposed to you know we just discovered a ghost in 1990. And we only have one story about it so far, or right. a couple, a uh, handful of tales. I think um, one of the things that I find is most interesting is that um, when you look across different cultures, you look across different societies, uh, one thing that is very, very common is that ghost stories are very common no matter what what the spiritual, religious belief, what the, what the culture, what the society is, ghosts seem to be ever-present. It seems right. to be a very common thing. So whether you're in, you know, in Mexico or in, in England or in Australia or obviously North America, the stories are similar in, 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 in many ways. I, I didn't really find that much difference, um, you know, depending on where you went to. Mm-hmm. So you have been doing research in the paranormal for, for quite a while now, Um what got you interested in it? Like for like me and Eric, we went through our own experiences of, of hauntings and stuff. Did you have a haunting as a child or as an adult? And that's what got you started or was there something else? Ironically. And, and up until about two years ago, I used to be able to say, I have never encountered uh, a ghost to the best of my knowledge. Uh, that changed a couple of years ago at a hotel. Um, but I think, uh, I think I've always been fascinated uh, with the fact that there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophies, uh, to, to paraphrase Hamlet. But I think there, there's just been something um, there's just been something intriguing in the tales that we share about uh, about the afterlife, of, about ghosts and about hauntings and things like that. And, and I guess I'd always been drawn uh, to that. I think I do write fiction as well. I write, okay. and it tends to be scary stories and things like And again, when people read that, I go, well, that's not horror. I said, well, it's got a paranormal aspect to it, so it's not <laughs> – can't call it science fiction. I can't call it fantasy. Right. I can't call it contemporary literary. <laughs> Horror is kind of the catch-all for it. So no, it's right. not some guy in a hockey mask chasing mm-hmm. people around with a chainsaw. It's a it's a loves it's a touching ghost love story. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I think I've 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 sidetracked away from the question, and I probably I don't think I even answered it properly. <laughs> well, <laughs> in a roundabout way, you did. Yeah, I mean, uh, like me and Eric, and we just started. Uh, Doing a series last week, uh, about our, our own paranormal investigations that we did several years ago. Um, but what got us started into it was I had had several instances where I had interactions with a spirit or a ghost, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I. Like actual interactions with them? Well, yeah, like, uh, for exa- uh, example, I saw a shadow standing uh in my dad's home when i was younger and i got up um to walk towards it because i was like half asleep and it just disappeared um and then uh both eric and i have both messed around with the ouija board when we were younger um so it, it fascinates me 
to ask why people get into this because is it the same as, as Eric and I where we've had these instances happen or is it just mere curiosity? Yeah, I think curiosity. I mean, I played with an Ouija board as well when I was younger and, you know, was hopeful that we could have something, but also terrified that something would happen yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the one thing that I find interesting with uh, just, just people within what we call the paranormal community, you know, just people who enjoy researching and investigating stuff like that, is I think people within the, re- uh, I'm sorry, the paranormal community, they're kind of a special breed. You know, you look at a person who isn't really into the paranormal and they're like, uh, no, I'm not touching that. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. You know, <laughs> I'm not even going to yeah. read stuff on it. It's too scary. Uh, so I find it pretty, pretty interesting. And I'll be honest, it's weird. Like, like you saying that you've always just kind of been interested and curious, you know, but you haven't had any real experience when you're young. It's kind of interesting to me and surprising too, because it's not often you come across uh, people who are just generally or genuinely interested, you know? Uh, but going way back, you know, and this is probably hard to remember some of the times, but, uh, you're talking about how you like to listen to the ghost stories and Cub Scouts and stuff like that. So was there any story when you were young in particular that really just like sparked you and said, Ooh, I need to know more about this. This is just really interesting. I think, uh, I think one of the things I, I, I most enjoyed, uh, about the ghost stories were the the tales were often about a place that you were mm-hmm. and whether they were completely fictitious or whether it was something that actually happened people were sharing something about this place like we're here now and this is what happened here and that led to a huge curiosity thinking here's a place where we are now doing something you know, bonfire or whatever mm-hmm. something other people were here before us. Other things happened here before us. What were those things, and how 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 are we tied to those things in the past? And, and, and interestingly enough, because this sort of led to actually sitting down to write my very first paranormal book, Haunted Hamilton, was I I never liked history. I was it was bad at it in school. I could never understand why people would want to read about stuff that doesn't matter because it all happened long ago. I mean, I was I was just a horrible student when it came to history. I could just not get through my thick skull. And I went on a ghost walk in Ottawa, uh Canada's capital, capital which okay. has, you know, a, a rich history. And when I got uh, you know, the typical ghost walk where they have the lantern and the Victorian garb and they speak in a really creepy voice and they walk you around the downtown court. You mm-hmm. learn so much about the history of the country and so much about the buildings and the architecture and the people who live there. And then there's a really neat ghost story that's tied into it. And I learned, uh, I learned that I actually adore history. And when I write each of the books, the one thing, because um, I think about those ghost walks and I think about how they merged a wonderfully fascinating story with history and I learned mm-hmm. something while I was having fun. And so the challenge I have now when I'm doing the research on these books is I end up falling into the history so much that even in Tomes of Terror, I don't know if you noticed that there's a there's a, a sidebar section in a lot of the chapters where my editor mm-hmm. said, all right, too much backstory too much about who built the building and when they lived and all these things that I found just fascinating. He went, you know, the people who are into the paranormal are going to fall asleep. I said, no, it's so cool. And so we, we, we came to a compromise and they said, I have an idea. I'll pluck out all that backstory 
We'll put it in a sidebar so you can just stick to the ghost story. And then anyone who wants the richness and the history, it's there for them. But mm-hmm. they can, if they want to skip it, they can move on to the next <laughs> chapter. So, I mean, that's one of the challenges. Like, imagine me, a guy who hates history, uh, so fascinated uh, by it. Uh, and that, that was... Um, that was something that I learned about myself that I never expected or suspected. <laughs> yeah. Now, going through uh, these stories and uh, the couple of places that you were able to to visit and whatnot, um, a, a lot of uh, places now are starting to advertise that that they're haunted. Have you come across any places where, like bookstores <laughs> that are still open that advertised that? Uh, not. Uh, I can't think of uh, bookstores that uh, advertise that they're haunted. I mean, I'm in uh, London right now, and and I was looking for. A, I'm a craft beer enthusiast as well. Oh, okay. uh, imagine Ooh. craft beer. <laughs> but uh, and what I found was so fascinating was I went. There's there's a pub down the street that's part of a chain that does advertise that one of the locations is haunted, and then I discovered there's a walking tour where you can go from pub to pub. And it would take you the whole day because it's quite a uh, quite a number of pubs, um, and, and 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 there's a story behind each building, behind uh, each ghost. And I'm thinking I got to come back to London just to go do the tour because I'm here for work. I'm at the London Book Fair. I'm at a conference, and so I'm there all day for, right. for you know hours and hours and hours of meetings. And there's no way I could slip away and do this. But um, I think I think it it gives people another way to show that this place is interesting and worth going to uh, but I can't I can't think of any bookstores that I encountered that actually advertise okay. that there's a ghost um, some of them embrace it but I mean you walk into Haslam's you know come on the ghost of Jack Kerouac one of the literary you know literary greats from our you know this the last century in, in American literature and wouldn't you want to advertise that he's still there? Hey, it's not like a special author appearance. But right, he's there. I'm like, I'd advertise that. So um, it's fascinating. But again, and there's no signs or anything about him. But when I mention it to a staff member, she's like, very matter of fact, yeah, let me show you where I saw him, and let me tell you the story about what I was doing and where I saw him and how it freaked me out. You know, because he walked that way, and then she just thought it was a regular customer, and then realized when she walked by the book. Uh, the biography that like oh my god that was him I just saw him walking <laughs> down the aisle and he disappeared so it's like mm-hmm. wow okay that's pretty uh, that's fascinating it's interesting that there is a haunted bar crawl in London <laughs> I, I do have to say that I think a lot Eric, more at the end of the tour apparently <laughs> yeah. I think Eric and I would love to try and do that one day I would. but he says it's a walking tour and I'm just thinking would I be able to walk him? I don't know if I, I mean might to be dragged I don't know okay. just get a little a little uh, wagon and something <laughs> uh, you know I mean the fact that Many of the bookstores don't advertise that they're haunted. I could see a reason why they wouldn't, especially like so, like here in America uh, or in North America. Just I think a lot of people are they're either skeptical of the paranormal or they're just frightened by it. And so, if you advertise that, hey, come to our store, it's haunted, they might lose business because of it. People be like, ah, no, 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 forget it. I'm not going now. You know, uh, so I could see why they wouldn't advertise it. But uh, it, it would be interesting, I think, if they had a website or something like that, you know, for their store, and they had a little link 
for people to visit who are interested. Like, hey, check out the history, you know, and somewhere within the history. But... Well, that's actually, and you reminded me, there's not a bookstore, but there is a library. There's a library, and I'm trying to remember, oh, my God, is it in Indiana uh, that has the gray lady ghost? Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to find the chapter so I can yeah. get the proper, is it Evansville, Indiana? Is that the, um, I'm just trying to, to get to it so I can, I'm not lying, so I'm actually telling you the truth about the. <laughs> that's where the gray lady is, yeah. Yeah, the gray lady and and this is a this is a library that very adamantly uh not only has stories for kids about the ghosts, but they actually have a live ghost cam. And you can go on their website uh and and you can check out the live ghost cam and I think they I uh, got put into a uh, a box at the end of it, but you can basically go to God, I thought I had the link in the book here. You can go and live watch. They have four cameras set up, and you can take screenshots of the live cameras, and then you circle, like, if you saw some shape or anything like that, mm-hmm. and people, like, it's crowdsourced ghost watching mm-hmm. from, from afar. Um, and, and I found it so fascinating that not only do they have uh, that as a way to draw people in, because that teaches people about the history of the building. That reminds people that the library is a tremendous and amazing resource for community. And so that was one of the ones that I think is amazing. And then the kids section. They have a lot of fun with uh, the Ghost of the Great Lady. There's a lot of resources that, you know, so uh, child participation, right? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe some people would say, but you're scaring the kids. But, you know, it, it brings them into the library. It makes it, It's willardghost.com. Or libraryghost.com. Those are the websites you can go and write, okay. you know, 24 hours a day. You can go and just uh, see what's going on, hmm. uh, which I thought was absolutely fascinating. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so now at the beginning of the show, you, you said you're a big chicken when it comes to your ghosts <laughs> uh, and just the dark. So a, a lot of the people that you've met uh, throughout your time of researching these libraries and, and uh the, the bookstores, they, they seem very animated and just like yay for this ghost in our in our building. <laughs> so, did you ever feel compelled just to to be you're with them to acknowledge the ghost, say hello, you know, so and so, my name is whoever, and just kind of try to interact with the ghost, or is that something you just you know try to keep your eye on the customer, whoever you're talking with, and that's it? Like, well, yeah, I, I I've done that when I've gone on. Uh, you know, gone on on ghost uh, explorations, like you mm-hmm. know, in middle of the night with with a friend with the meters and stuff like that, where you you reach out and try to uh, okay. talk to the spirit. Yeah. Um, but I, I've never done it when I was interviewing someone in the location, mm-hmm. only because it's, it's it was a place of business or whatever, and right. you didn't want to freak out some of the customers who were coming. <laughs> it was just a pretty much a quiet conversation where they would share. A story quietly in the corner uh, with you, or even in some cases, I was talking to a bookseller at one bookstore who's telling me a story about a previous bookstore they worked at. So we weren't even in the same space yeah. um, as well. So no, I, I not in that particular case. Although yes, I have I have done the um, you know asking the questions and, and looking for mm-hmm. you know responses and in, in, in the activity and the feedback. Okay. Now you're saying that a lot of these people were were comfortable with pretty much uh, the the hauntings for the most part that you had done the research on, but were there any that were like more terrified about it? Uh, there were some people who 
really didn't want to talk about it because they were just so um, afraid. And so there was there were, there were some people who had stories that I just it was like so and so said yes I'll tell you this story but oh my god something happened to you know this other person but that other person wouldn't want to talk about it because they were they were just so disturbed and and, and again you have to be sensitive to you know do I want to drag them for the purposes of me putting this in a book do I want to drag them through that that, right. that experience that they don't want to talk about anymore so. Um, that's yeah. That 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 was one word. It it, it happens sometimes, or even sometimes um, uh, when I've approached a place uh, and I and I talk about what I'm doing and what I'm researching, they won't let me in. They don't want to talk about it. This is a historic building. And it should be treated with respect, not your you know. And then and they get the very um, the skeptical mindset and it very much closed minds. They shut the doors and say, no, you're not yeah. here to play around. This is this is a serious historic building. Um, and so I have had that happen. Uh, but for the most part, people are pretty gracious and pretty accommodating and, and willing to, and willing to share. Yeah. So I guess, you know, you've talked with all uh, the owners, employees of these places. Have there been any customers of the stores that have come forward who have also witnessed something for the brief moment that they might be there or you heard stories about it? Uh, I, I didn't have uh, first-hand experiences of that, but there was a story of a uh, used bookstore in uh, in Barrie, Ontario, uh, Rivendell Books, where um, a gentleman bought a, a beautiful old uh, history, uh, a war history book, and he brought it home, and apparently he brought home a spirit with the book. Mm. The spirit was not to the store, it was a tap. Right. In front of his closet. In like this old-fashioned garb, from you know, like, um, and then again, he saw him the next night standing beside the book on his nightstand, um, and, and he actually consulted a priest, and the priest actually ended up recommending that he take the book back to the bookstore. <laughs> yes, the man who had come with the ghost was gone. We went back to the bookstore, wow. and so the, the ghost was attached to the book. That I mean, imagine you go. It's certainly an interesting buy one, get one for free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we are going to take our second and last break here of the evening. We are currently speaking with Mark Leslie, the author of Poems of Terror, but we will be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. How's it going, para-fans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. And these headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Did human diseases doom the Neanderthals? Recent studies have suggested that disease carried by modern humans may have proven catastrophic. What ultimately brought about the extinction of the Neanderthals, a species that roamed the Earth for over 300,000 years, has been a topic of heated discussion among scientists for decades. While their disappearance is generally thought to have coincided with the arrival of modern humans, it hasn't been clear exactly what processes ultimately contributed to their eventual demise. Now, however, in a new study published in the American Journal of Physical Anthropology, scientists have revealed new evidence to suggest that infectious diseases may have been responsible. 
Their findings indicated that these diseases had appeared much earlier than previously thought, and that modern humans were likely to have spread some of them to the Neanderthals. For the Neanderthal population of Eurasia, adapted to that geographical infectious disease environment, exposure to new pathogens carried out of Africa may have been catastrophic, said anthropologist Charlotte Holcroft from Cambridge University. However, it is unlikely to have been similar to Columbus bringing disease into America and decimating native populations. It's more likely that small bands of Neanderthals each had their own infectious disasters, weakening the group and tipping the balance against survival. Is the entire universe just a simulation? Is what we see and feel around us actually real, or do we exist within some sort of computer simulation? It might sound like the plot of The Matrix, but the idea that we live inside a simulated universe is something that several scientists, including those who attended the 17th annual Isaac Asimov debate at the American Museum of Natural History earlier this month, take quite seriously. The event, which was hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson, saw a group of five big thinkers take to the stage to discuss the possibility that we live out our lives in a universe that isn't actually real. One theory, that of philosopher Nick Bostrom, suggests that if it actually were possible for mankind to create such an indistinguishably realistic simulated universe, then it is significantly more likely than not that we are actually living inside such a universe right now. The possibility also exists of a simulated universe being created by people who are already living inside a simulated universe an inception-type scenario that could lead to an infinite chain of simulated universes, each existing within the other. If such a simulation actually does exist, it also begs the question, how could we ever know about it? There's certainly not going to be conclusive experimental proof that we're not in a simulation, said philosopher David Chalmers. Any evidence we could ever get would be simulated. In the end, the panel members each commented on how likely they believed it was that we are living inside a simulated universe, with some offering a probability as high as 42%, and others maintaining that there is virtually no chance at all. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are currently speaking with Mark Leslie, the author of Tomes of Terror. We've been talking about ghosts and libraries and bookstores, and it has been an amazing ride thus far. You know, ghosts, the ghosts are ghosts are interesting. They're fun. You know, there's something fun about them. A lot of people find them very scary, and to some extent yeah. I understand why. I've had a lot of frightening experiences. But uh, it's an interesting story because it makes us think about, it just brings up life outside of death, you know, and just what that all is. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, we are coming to the end of the show here. And so, Mark, what I would like to do is just give you a few moments here to let everyone, let everyone know where they can find you, where they can find your book. And, of course, if you'd like to just give any information for upcoming books that uh, are about to be released anytime soon, feel free to do that as well. 
Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm Mark Leslie, so it's markleslie.ca. That's M-A-R-K-L-E-S-L-I-E.ca. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Mark Leslie. I also have a Facebook uh, page, Mark Leslie Author. Um, and, and, and my books are uh, available. There's links from my website. But uh, I've got Creepy Capital, uh, Ghost Stories of Ottawa, um, basically the place where I learned to love history and learned to make sure that whenever I go to a new New city. I always try and take a ghost walk tour of the city because not only will I get some fun stories, but I'll also learn some amazing history. Um, and that's what's coming out for me next. All right. All right, Mark. So thank you so much for being on. Uh, maybe once you get the new book out, uh, we will have you on again. Uh, but until then, uh, have yourself a good night, and we will talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, folks, that is Mark Les- Leslie, author of Tomes of Terror. If you're watching the YouTube uh, video, definitely check that out. Uh, very awesome guy, very awesome guest. Uh, he had some very interesting stories to tell. Um, he didn't seem like he had very many personal <laughs> paranormal experiences, though, but that's okay. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Tomes of Terror. Uh, what do you think on that? I thought it was great. You know, it, it's it's fun listening. Uh, you know, to, to just uh, stories about historical places in which ghosts are happening. It's one thing you and I come across a lot of uh, ghost stories that happen in residential places. You right. Know, and, but the majority of the time, it's always some kind of tragic death or something like that. Like that that brings forth the stories. Some of the most famous horror stories in the country, if not in the world, is like, at least from America, is like uh, the Lizzie Borden home, for right. example, or a medieval horror and stuff like that. It's all these frightening, creepy things. So it's kind of cool to have someone on who, who's done the uh, the investigations, if you will, and the research uh, on these stories that are just, I guess, more happy, you know, and a little more... You know, just relaxed and inviting type of stories, you know, as opposed to, oh, get get out, get out, get out. And yeah. I'm going to scare you or whatever. Uh, so, you know, it's definitely, definitely interesting, definitely fun. And, I, you know, I, I wish we had more of these kind of conversations, actually. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the actual horror part of Ghost, even though it's it's necessary to talk about that and share that stuff. Right. Um, you know, I, I, it gets a little old after a while, the yeah. horror thing. Um, or just doing the serious, or yeah, like, like the serious. Just, I mean, this this is serious too. Well. I mean, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean. You just some some sometimes we have people. And I'm not saying anyone that we've had on the radio show, but just people that we've either seen on TV or that you and I have talked to one on one outside of radio and stuff like that. Who are just like, you know, it's my goal in life to find out what this thing was that haunted me as a little child and has tortured me ever since. Right. And she's like, you know, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Not, you know, I mean, it's a good story. I've been through it too. Right. Let's hear some good stuff. I want to, I want to know more about Casper, not his three uh, uncles. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but none, none the least, you know, the horror stuff is good. And of course I, I, I know what I just said. <laughs> it's going to keep people from, sharing their stories <laughs> but uh 
No, it, share your stories. Share all your stories, good or bad, yeah. uh, that you have with the paranormal uh, and, and the spiritual side of life, if you will, because that's something that, you know, Justin and I love discussing, as you all know. It's also something we like helping with if you need help with it. Right. Um, I, I know him and I have already put out numerous times, you know, if you need help uh, because you're dealing with some kind of haunting or something like that. Reach out to us, you know, send us an email, message us on Facebook, wherever you can reach us. And we'd be more than happy to talk with you and just get to know what the situation and help you through it and get out of it, and, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I, I think, I think it's good to have books like this though every once in a while because what it does, which is very important, you know, this is something that's very important because he was saying, Mark was saying that he, him and the, his editor were kind of, not debating, but just discussing what to do with all the extra historical, right. uh, you know, documentation and whatnot that Mark had put in the book. And they compromised, which is really good because a lot of books don't compromise. It's either in there or it's not. Yeah. And I think it's very important to have all of that documentation there because the historical documentation, uh, document, <laughs> I'm getting hate mail now. <laughs> 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 the historical documentation uh, really helps bring the story to life and makes it more genuine because the true paranormal investigator is going to be a history buff to some extent. Right. You want to know all about the history if you if you're gonna if you want if you want to know what's happening now today you need to know the history of something. Right. You know, and whatever that history consists of, you know, it could be good, it could be bad, it could be a mix of things. It could have been bad at one point and changed. Uh, and it's the same thing when, like, when you meet new people. Obviously, you're not just gonna go up to some random stranger and become their best friend. Not unless you know who they really are. Right. You need to know their history. You need to know who they are, how they've changed, so on and so forth. Uh, and it's the same thing when getting into a situation like this where you're, uh, looking for ghosts or, you know, going to an investigation or something. You need to know the history so you know what you're getting yourself into, as you had said, uh, a little earlier in the show as well. You just gotta know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Which is why sometimes it's scary. <laughs> it took me a moment to figure out what the heck that was. I took your I advice went. and got the hoppings. <laughs> See, you did it. You did it at the beginning of the show, and my mic or my headphones went out, so I, I heard the boing, and then I didn't hear you say anything. I was like, "What the heck was that? That has that has nothing to do with ghosts." <laughs> and now it's like, oh. That's a rabbit trail. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and you guys will will hear some of the history of the places that Eric and I uh, did investigations on when we continue the Ghosts Among Us uh, series episodes in the next several weeks here. Um, it, it was really fascinating not to go on another rabbit trail. But uh, some of the the places we had went to, like the bar and the uh, um, Rockefeller Center, what that used to be before it became this this uh, business building. So, um, I I think I agree. You have to be a history buff to a certain extent if you're a paranormal investigator because uh, you're you're going to have to do that research to find out what is there. So, 
So in the next couple of weeks here, uh, we've got uh, next week we got Tom. Or I'm sorry, it, yeah, Tom Carey. Uh, I'm not sure if John Schmidt is going to be joining us, but uh, he is a co-author of the book, uh, which is uh, Children of Roswell. Uh, definitely going to be an interesting one because uh, you know you always hear about the the people that uh, like um, oh gosh, what what was the guy's name that we both talked to his dad was the the uh, sheriff that went to the Roswell crash Jesse Marcel Marcel Jr. yeah Jesse Marcel uh, Jr. Yeah. yeah so you know the story of Jesse Marcel senior we we hear that all the time or some of the other uh people that uh were first hand but uh it's interesting to see that there's actually some type of cover ups or something going on with the children of those people that that found the the Roswell crash. Um, week after that, uh, we've got Joshua Kutchen on to talk about a Trojan feast. Uh, so a lot of great stuff coming up here for you guys. Uh, on April 20th, I believe, uh, Jerry will be back with Thai Girl for God Radio. Um, and she's going to, I believe she's talking about aliens or alien abductions or something like that as well. Uh, so stay tuned for all that great stuff, folks, uh, right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. Um, do you have any final announcements before we head out? Nope. <laughs> I get the, the head shake. That's all I get. <laughs> That's all you got? You didn't hear the thing? I, I did talk. But I guess it didn't go through. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, until next week where you will find us same time, same channel. Uh, I am Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Parachute Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, parachuteradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, Tune in, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. what ransomware is all about is psychological pressure ransomware when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom attacks are on the rise and russian gangs are making billions of dollars the moment i got that message i knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come through the post-cold war era is over dot com the hacking 
a new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for .com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.